0: From D2 to D3 Summer, spring, and fall We cover the sports and we cover them all With J.T. Mitchell Rest sports Full reports Listen here Throughout the years all right welcome into the show this is from d2 to d3 i'm your host jt mitchell And the clock is ticking on the regular season as playoffs are now less than one month away for college football. We're going to get into that and more. As always, this episode of From D2 to D3 is brought to you by Eve's Law Firm. I hope you guys, I pray you guys, have been flooding their phone lines week in and week out with new business. If you haven't, call them now at 601-355-7961. These guys are the real deal. I tell you that all the time. They're not just your attorney billboard guys who take in a bunch of cases and then settle cheap. Eve's Law Firm is absolutely the place for you. If you're in need of an attorney you never know, call them now, 601-355-7961. And if you want to be part of From D2 to D3, you can text or call at 601-502-5451. That's 601-502-5451. Be part of this. Be part of what we've got going on covering Division II and Division III sports across Magnolia State today. So what we'll do today is we'll keep it short and sweet as always and have you as up-to-date as possible going into another weekend of college football. For the second part of the show, we'll welcome in Corey Gwynn, who covers the Gulf South Conference for D2Football.com. He'll join us and kind of give us an update on what Delta State's chances are to make the playoffs now that they do have a loss on their record. And if you don't read D2Football.com, man, I tell you, consume this product any way you can. You can go to their website. You can listen to their podcast. I, of course, think that this show you're listening to to now. And everything on supertalk.fm is the best place to go if you want Mississippi oriented D2 uh, coverage. But if you want D2 coverage on the national scene, D2Football.com is a great source to have. So stay tuned for that conversation with Corey Gwynn coming up in just a little while. But as for where we are now, we're three weeks away from the close of the regular season on both D2 and D3 on both of those levels. The Big story from this past weekend, unfortunately, was that Delta State did fall to West Florida in what was a heartbreaker, 24 to 21. I don't know if you watched the game; it was one of uh, one of Flo Sports's weekly games that they provide for free on all of their socials. They, they choose a couple games each week and do that. It's pretty neat, uh, but the only thing that would have made it neater is if Delta State could have come away with the win. It was looking good for the statesmen men throughout the first half. Of course, a little iffy on that second drive of the game when the Argos got on the board first, but then Delta State bounced back. Patrick Shegog was able to find the Jalens, Jalen Green and Jalen May on touchdowns to take a second quarter lead. The Argos then hit a chip shot field goal. The Statesman responded. Another touchdown. Scores at 21-10 to after Tyson Gray was able to pull in that last touchdown. That was the halftime score, but then the second half a uh, half the Delta State, uh, they probably wish they could have back. And I'm not going to lie, West Florida looked like a completely different team when they came out of the locker room. Quarterback Pee Wee Jarrett, what a name, by the way, and company came out and played some really clean football. Jarrett hit John Giles for a touchdown in the third. That pulled within one possession, 21-17. And we may can cover this on a later episode. Giles' story is actually pretty interesting in itself. He was actually picked up by the B.C. Lions of the Canadian Football League when he was coming out of community college. That was January of 2020, but then, as you know, everything hit the fan around the globe. Some things happened, I'm sure a lot pandemic-related, and Giles ended up back in college at West Florida, and he scored another touchdown in the fourth, and that gave the Orgos the 24-21 to 21 lead, which is a score that would stick as the Statesman offense just couldn't Could not. uh, They were just stagnant for the rest of the game. So both of those teams now have one loss on the GSC side of things, with West Florida having the tiebreaker from after last week's win. That game really could have decided the Gulf South Conference champion this season. Nevertheless, I imagine both teams will finish out strong. I think both will end up in the playoffs, but we'll ask Corey Gwynn what he thinks later on in the show. One takeaway that I did notice was that Shegog, while he did end up with pretty good stats, his completion percentage, he just wasn't very accurate. You know, terribly inaccurate on the day, went 13 of 33 passing, just under 40% in terms of completion percentage. He was missing guys up high in the first half. I don't really know what was going on there. From what I remember, I don't think West Florida had a single sack, so I'm not sure if pressure is to blame. It was just an off day for Shigog's accuracy. Actually, looking here, it was his worst completion percentage in a real game, a game that he started, got a lot of playing time in since Jackson State in 2021. He was under that 39% mark in that game. But Sheagog and the rest of the statesmen will all get a breather this weekend. Hopefully recoup. And just get ready for the final two games. Win out and let's see what happens. The loss now drops Delta State from number five to number 16 in the AFCA coaches poll and from number six to number 16 in D2 football's poll. So a big loss, obviously. You can tell in the slide and rankings. But two games left. uh, Coach Cooley said on Twitter afterward that the season's not lost. We just got to do what we can, win out and see what happens, hopefully catch heat if they are selected for the Division II playoffs. As for Delta State's in-state rival, Mississippi College, the Choctaws did get back in the win column. They took down Chowan at home 38-21, no brawls to report on, so all good there. And the Choctaws, they really needed this. Their record, which is now 3-4, and four, doesn't necessarily reflect the talent they have on that team especially when you're talking about guys that can run the ball. Marcus Williams was my player of the game, 110 yards, a touchdown on the ground, but the sticking point was a huge 95-yard kick return touchdown in the fourth quarter, and the game was still close at that point. They needed that kickoff return, and it was big, so props to him. The Choctaws will be back in action this weekend against what I think is a very beatable North Greenville team. That game is on the road with a 1 o'clock kickoff time. Moving down to the D3 side of things, Bellhaven continues to roll. No surprise there. Like I've been preaching since the beginning of the year, even, even before the year, this is a playoff-caliber team. Get that in your head. They just got to win these next three games and get ready for what should be the program's first-ever playoff appearance. But is this team good enough to make a stag bowl run? I think they're good enough to make the playoffs. Stag bowl run, I'm not sure. That game's returning to Salem this year. It's really hard to make. There's a lot of talent across D3, but Belhaven is a really good team. Still shocked they're not top 25, but I'm not a voter on any of those polls. So my opinion, I guess, really doesn't count. I'm sure hoping that once they do get to the playoffs as I predict, they will make a run. I mean, how fun would that be to cover them in a deep run in the Division 3 playoffs on Saturday in their homecoming game against Methodist? Ain't nothing but a thing the Blazers gave the crowd a 45 to 10 show. Big games from quarterback Tim Johnson and, of course, Colby Blunt. That's a name you have probably already heard a lot this season, and I suspect you'll probably hear his name for years to come. I do think that he'll get a shot at making an NFL roster, and I firmly believe he he might just make it. Johnson went 12 of 20 through the air, 231 yards, a touchdown touchdown, while Colby Blunt, his sixth game in a row, eclipsing the 100 yard mark with 101 net and three touchdowns. The Blazers will be back in action this weekend at Maryville, 12 o'clock kickoff there. I watched the Scots a couple of games early on in the season when they were taking on SAA teams, and they're not bad. I think that Bellhaven will beat them, but this is not a team to sleep on. Bellhaven will need to bring their A game, get things rolling, and uh, keep the season perfect when they go to the Volunteer State. Millsaps, on the other hand, man, it just does not look good for the majors. They dropped their homecoming game 59-20 to to center. They're now 1-7 on the year, Freshman quarterback Gray Jennings continues to play well, 295 yards and three touchdowns. Tamias Mason continues a big year as well, six receptions for 93 yards. But overall, just not looking good for Millsaps, and the the schedule doesn't get any easier this week as they travel to number six Trinity. But maybe, just maybe, in the last week of the year they will welcome a pretty bad Southwestern team. Both of these teams have the same win on the season. They each just have one win against Birmingham Southern. So maybe Millsaps will end the year on a high note and go 2-8 and eight when all is said and done. Um, before we get over to Corey Gwynn, one story that I don't think we're going to have time to ask him is about Tyson Bagent. If you've been watching NFL this year, and you might not even be a D2 fan, but if you're an NFL fan, you've probably heard that name. The D2 product out of Shepard recently stepped in for an injured Justin Fields and just gave the Bears what they needed. He led them to their second win of the season, 30-13 to over the Raiders, and Bajan just could not have been more of a lightning rod. He was confident, clean, played really high-level football. He went 21 of 29, 162 yards, one touchdown, no turnovers. He also made some big plays with his feet, whether that was buying himself some extra time to throw or just running for a few first downs here and there. And his confidence, man, I mean, he had soldier field on fire. Uh, There was one play he ran for a first down, got up and kind of did a little Money Manziel to the crowd. It was more of like, give me what you got. Let's get loud, Soldier Field. Um, If he keeps playing like this, there might be a new starter in Chicago, and his name won't be Justin Fields. Who knows, though? Bajent Mania, is that going to be a thing? We'll see. They'll play a much better team this weekend when they go against the Chargers, and Bajan will be getting that start from what I'm hearing. So just really good to see that coming from a D2 guy. All right, so let's take a quick break. And on the other side, we'll welcome in Corey Gwynn of D2Football.com. We'll see you in a sec.
1: Do you ever struggle with me or I, or maybe further and farther? That's okay, we all do, because the English language isn't easy, but we have the perfect solution for you. Pocket grammar, 24 Mistakes You'll Never Make Again is your new sidekick to making sure that those mistakes don't happen. From memorable pro tips to fun visuals, pocket grammar is for everyone. Whether you're a student, a professional writer, or just wanna make sure that those Facebook posts you're putting out there every day are grammatically correct, Pocket Grammar is for you. Go to www.thepocketgrammar.com today. That's thepocketgrammar.com to get yours now.
0: We're back with From D2 to D3. I'm your host, J.T. Mitchell, and we now head to the phone line to catch up with Corey Gwynn. Corey covers the Gulf South Conference for D2Football.com. Corey, what's going on, man? Good, good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, making it. Football is in full force, as you know. Two weeks ago, all the talk around here was cautiously optimistic. You know, a lot of people thought Delta State might achieve their first undefeated regular season since 1954. I think that's the correct date. But then, as we all know, a pissed-off West Florida team came into Cleveland and found the upset. Obviously, both teams are very good. What were your thoughts on the game?
2: I think pissed-off is a great way to uh, to describe that West Florida team, uh, especially based on their performance the previous, previous game with West Alabama when uh, I think nobody um, certainly expected that to happen. But um, West Florida came into town. Obviously, you know, they had something to prove. And um, well, we, we knew it was going to be a shootout um, as both offenses are, are, are two of the best in, in the country, not just the conference. And I think West Florida's defense did just enough to hold Delta State to 21 points, which nobody has been able to do uh, over the past two seasons. And so, um, you know, in the Gulf South, there's parity from top to bottom, or almost top to bottom, uh, every week. And so I I think we saw it last week, and and who knows? We we may even see these two teams match up again in the postseason as we have in years past.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask you, because... Yes, Delta State didn't win, but it wasn't, you know, this earth-shattering shocker for West Florida to get the win. We saw what happened last year where Delta State got the regular season win. They were crowned conference champions, but then they met up again in the playoffs and the Argos got the best of them. Uh, Can you put our listeners at ease maybe a little bit here? Do you still foresee both teams making the playoffs?
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's one of those to where we see, you know, year in, year out the Gulf South, um, has two, if not three teams in the postseason, And, uh, you know, it, the regional rankings, uh, that recently came out earlier this week have Delta State, West Florida, and even Valdosta State, um, in there. So, um, nothing to worry about, you know, you'd rather get that loss now than in the postseason. So, um, Delta State, they have a history as the coaching staff of making adjustments. So maybe we'll see the reversal of last year's, uh, you know, regular season win and postseason win, and the, the statesmen will be on the good side of
0: that one. And I think fans would be much happier with that one. Option B is better than option A. And I did see that Bracketology report that you were talking about with Val State also in there. I thought that was interesting. But regarding West Florida and Delta State, both really stout teams, which one would you be less surprised if they made a deep run in the playoffs?
2: Um, it, it, that, That's kind of a thought to make, right, because West Florida's been – doing it most recently, but Delta State has the history um, of doing it. I think if you just take 2023 for what it is, you know, forget the loss last week when they matched up. Delta State has been the more consistent teams in terms of the offense doing what it does and the defense um, doing what it does, right? West Florida, they've been up, they've been down, they've only scored six points against West Alabama, which you know their offense doesn't do that often, but now there's film of how to stop them on offense. There's still no real, real tape of how to stop the Statesmen because even last week they still scored 21. Shog had his three touchdowns. They still did everything right. Um, when you look at look at it on paper, outside of um, the offense not producing um, as high, so I think I think Delta State, uh, you know, just in terms of 2023 uh, and taking it for what it is, they are the more consistent team. Um, and last week, really, one or two plays and the score could be easily reversed.
0: Yeah, and on this show, we're huge proponents of Patrick Shegog. We love Patrick Shegog, but I have to say, just with what my occupation is, I thought one of the big differences last week was he had one of his uh, most inaccurate games in a long time, 13 yeah. of 33. That you know, That could have been the game changer if he didn't miss some of those receivers up high.
2: Right, right, and I think the best thing for Delta State, like I said earlier, you want to get that you want to get that loss out of the way if you're going to get it. Um, and on the flip side of that, they also have a bye week this week. So now they've got even more time to, to right those wrongs. For whatever reason it was, for him to have that many incompletions, we know it's not the norm. He had an off week. West, West Florida may have done some things differently um, than that he's seen. Um, but, yeah, I think the bye week comes at a great time, too, because you want to have a short memory in college football, but it's also okay to stew on it a little bit. Because now, you know, they've got to finish out the regular season and then hopefully you've got a pissed off Delta State team going into the playoffs with something to prove. And um, I, don't, I don't think Chicago to let that happen again.
0: I don't either, and I agree that I think the bye week, it should be a good breather. It comes at a perfect time. I don't think there's a better time for it to have come than Delta State has two games, West Georgia and Mississippi College. Are you in the same boat as me as uh, Delta State will probably win out and then hope for the best when it comes to selections for the playoffs and then hopefully catch some heat and make a deep run? Do you think they'll win out?
2: Yeah, they, they, they should. Um, right, West Georgia, Mississippi College, both of those top four top five teams in the conference you look at the standings and and as i said before there's parity in the gulf south um but mississippi college for for what they are everybody knows what they are right they're going to run the ball and they're not going to stray from that even if you're slowing them down um so they're going to have a hard time you know making a comeback if and when delta state does get up early because they've shown to do that in the first and second quarter this year and then with west georgia I mean, they've been so inconsistent under center that their defense doesn't get a chance to breathe and their offense has not really shown any consistency where, as I said earlier, Delta State is one of the most consistent teams in the country. So having this bye week, like you said, they're going to have time to regroup. Game plan for these, for these next two. And then, yeah, selection, selection show should show them some love. Strict the schedule is, is, is up there with anybody, especially playing in this league. And then who knows what what happens this week with West Florida and out state playing each other. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of wrinkles up until the the very last whistle of the regular season.
0: And I do want to circle back to Mississippi College in a minute. Um, But since we're on the playoff topic, let's do this for the sake of radio. You're welcome to plead the fifth. Uh, It could be a little premature, but do you have a favorite at this point in the season to win it all?
2: It's tough to say because we've seen top 10 teams lose. We've seen the number one team. Um, lose in the country. I think the best thing to me about um, Division Two, right? I've been in it for shoot, since 08 uh, as, a, as a student at a Division Two school. I think the best thing is that anybody, within reason, can win any given week. And, and luckily, um, if you want me to pick a team in the Gulf South, I think Delta State does
0: have no. the best chance. You're not required uh, to. Well, we, we might be a Gulf South conference-oriented show, but you're not required to, man. You know.
2: Well, it's, it's, it's one of those where I have no problem choosing Delta State as the, as the team out of the Gulf South, just for a, a number of reasons that I've mentioned. But it's, it's so tough to pick out there because you've got teams like Colorado Mines and Grand Valley and Pitt State. Um, they, they've done it for so long, just like Delta State has. But you get in the playoffs, it just takes one hiccup you know you're playing a an eight seed a six seed even a four seed as we saw with um you know west florida in the past that there's there's no telling what can happen in these regions because if, if you don't stay healthy through it all, there, there's no there's no guarantee.
0: That's true. Mines has been really good. Grand Valley as well. Uh, there was a heck of a game between those two in week one. Yes. Then we saw uh, Grand Valley handle Ferris State, who had that number one spot secured for a little while at the beginning of the season. You're right. One hiccup away and your season's done. Uh, let's shift gears here a bit. So Mississippi College. It's been pretty underwhelming so far to say the least, but what makes it so frustrating from my point of view, because I'm I'm tracking each game week in and week out, is that a lot of these losses, they're now three and four in the season, a lot of these losses, they've been up in the third quarter or even the fourth quarter and just let it go late. So the Choctaws, they got back in the win column this past week and against Chawan. What are your thoughts outside of what you've already said regarding you kind of know what they're going to do? What are your thoughts so far on this MC team?
2: I think I think it's, it's been a lot of up and down. Uh, you, you said it well with where they'll start fast, um, and then they, the second half just kind of bites them for whatever reason. Um, last week, uh, on the flip side of that, they, they 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 won the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. Now the problem with that is, they were playing Chawan, who they shouldn't have gotten that close in the fourth quarter, um, for, my, for my humble opinion. Um, but the last couple of weeks, you've seen Marcus Williams really, um, I guess, find his footing after he started slow to begin the year. So Mississippi College has done a great job of just staying with their bread and butter. Now they've got three guys in the backfield who, at different points of the season, have carried the load, um, I think, for, for them. That they just didn't see that next step forward from John Henry White or, or whoever you want to um, talk about under center. They just didn't see that next step forward. And so the, their defense has been playing relatively well. Um, their offense is is running the ball among the best in D2, as they always do. But it's like you said, it's been underwhelming just because week in, week out, even from, from quarter to quarter, you don't know which Choctaw team you're getting.
0: Yeah, and you talk about John Henry White. He was the freshman of the year last year. I think they were expecting him to take a big step forward because before the season, you might have heard this, the head coach, John Bland, he came on our show. He did a couple interviews with other news outlets around the state, and he actually teased us and said... That we're going to start passing the ball a little more. They got a new offensive coordinator in town, but now they're the only team that has less than a thousand yards through the air. They're actually the only team that has less than two thousand yards through the air in the conference. Uh, I thought that was, that's kind of been underwhelming that they have not tried to pass as much.
2: Yeah, they. I mean, he, he pulled me on that as well. Just uh, in you know doing my preseason research, research during the summer at, at Gulf South Media Day, listening to the different outlets down there. Um, oh yeah, I mean in. One would assume, right, with, with, with Mississippi College and then everybody knows they're going to run the ball. At some point, they've got to try to throw the ball just to keep defenses honest. But, but you're right, there, there's, been, there's been no semblance to that. For what it's worth, yes, the run game does work for them, and it always has. But to get over that hump, right, to, to avoid finishing, you know, five and five, six and four, four and six in that range, they've got to have a little bit more um, wrinkle, to, to their offense in terms of, of throwing the ball and um, getting it out there to, to the guys out wide to, to open up even more room uh, for those running backs. So, yeah, no, you're, you're not the only one that, that heard that um, story, and, and shoot, I fell for
0: it. We all got fooled, but maybe that was in their initial plans. And the, yeah. triple, the triple option, I mean, if you run it to perfection, so hard to stop, but you have to be perfect. I actually used to play under Tommy Laurendine, who was their offensive coordinator two years ago before going to the Navy Academy. And as a, a defensive player growing up, the triple option is not something you want to play against if they have it right.
2: Yeah, it's, it's one of those where opposing defenses can't, can't simulate it during, during the week of practice, right? Because they, they don't run it themselves. They don't have any, any uh, quarterbacks and running backs that are well-versed in it. So you can practice against the scheme. But when you get into the game and you've got a team like Mississippi College that runs it, we'll call it to perfection because they've done it so long, you, you can't simulate that, that speed or the mastery of the scheme um, in, in practice. So that's, that's where they do have, a, have an advantage um,
0: cool. relatively every week. Well, what do they need to do to take the next step if they're going to continue running the triple option? Is it just better talent?
2: I, I think it's, so they've got some great running backs. Right, We talked about Marcus Williams. Uh, Ron Craig, those guys, and even John Henry White has the skill set. Um, and I'm not saying completely abandon the, the triple option, but maybe you know if if, if if they need to, like I said, throw some, throw throw a little wrinkle into their scheme and and, and keep defenses honest with some of those some of those big plays. Because ideally, you would like the run game to set up the pass game. Uh, but it seems like for Mississippi College, it, it the run game is just the run game, and there's no. There's no deviating from that, which in this league, right, when you're playing the Delta States, the West Florida, the Valdosta States that you play every year, they're going to have enough tape to, to kind of key in on some of those um, mismatches and set up things to, to slow you down.
0: Yeah. And they did get back in the win column, though, which is good. Maybe they'll continue forward in that. They beat Chawan. I think one of the biggest headlines surrounding that program this year was the brawl in Week 2 against Delta State. I mean, they haven't won a game. That's the biggest headline surrounding Chowan this season. You covered the GSC. Did you think the conference's punishment for them after the brawl was too weak?
2: It, it's one of those to where I, I I don't know if the, if the conference – you know, they could have been much, much more um, strict with their punishment, right? Mainly because there's video evidence. Everybody's seen it on social media. It was media. crazy, man. It's and, and I can't imagine being there live for that just because the game was already over. There's no need for, you know, all the mess that came onto the field and that started on the field. Uh, for what the Gulf South did, um, you know, we'll leave it up to them to determine whether it was right or wrong. But... Uh, juan they were already at a disadvantage to start the season coming into this league and having so many players suspended, having so many players punished uh, you know internally. I, I think we saw some guys that weren't suspended by the league not play the next week as well or the next two weeks. They, they were just at a, such a disadvantage coming into the league that that, that certainly didn't do them, uh, do them any favors.
0: And they're only here in the GSC for a short stop. They're about to yeah. move to, uh, what's that conference going to be called? They're going to move to Conference
2: Carolinas, which already exists as a non-football conference. Um, but they're bringing back football. They've had a hiatus for a while. They used to have it, I think, back in the 30s, 40s, or 50s. Forgive me for not getting the exact date range. But, um, yeah, they're going to start it back with Erskine and Pembroke and Chawan with Greenville. Um, a much more, um, I guess, travel-friendly focus of teams that are already in that conference. Um and their other sports, but their, their football teams had to had to find a home. So whether it was the CIAA Gulf south being independent, now now they'll all have a home. And I think what was it twenty twenty five.
0: I think you're correct, and uh, I mean this just goes to show you that conference realignment is not just a Division one thing. It's happening <laughs> all over, right? And um, you got North Greenville leaving Chowan here for a short time but leaving, but you also have West Georgia going D1. What did you think about that? Is that going to cause some more, some more dominoes to fall, maybe like West Florida?
2: I, I think when we you know when we saw um, West Georgia make that announcement, I, for one, was shocked just because out of all the schools in the Gulf South, um, I wouldn't pick them to be the first to go D1. There's been talk in the past about, about Austin State Um, People have said West Florida just because of their success that they've had so fast as a relatively young program. Um, But who who knows? I mean, we'll we'll see how they replace, how the Gulf South replaces so many teams leaving. Because even Shorter is going to join the Conference Carolinas um, with North Greenville and Shawan. So there's going to be four schools, right? North Greenville, Shorter, Shawan and West Georgia on their way out. And uh, we'll, we'll have to see how the Gulf South does does replace them because you can't in this league you can't just say we'll take anybody. You've got to take someone who continues to uphold the integrity of the of the conference because Gulf South is known not only for football, but in this context they're known for football and they're known for putting a putting a good product on the field.
0: That's what I was gonna say is the Gulf South conference is incredibly strong for D two and losing four teams in a short span of time that's a tough test.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and you lose a team like West Georgia who's always near the top. You lose a team like North Greenville who they might they may not be one of the top 4 teams but they they are competitive and much more competitive than their first year. in the Gulf South um even shorter they show flashes on occasion of uh, giving teams headaches whether it be, you know, in the first half or maybe maybe staging a late game um late game comeback effort. But yeah, you're you're losing some some programs who are still competitive um, in their non-conference schedule, and then they are competitive with other teams uh, within the conference. So that the Gulf South really has to do their due diligence and who they add. But I don't know. I don't know who's out there to to come on board because it seems like everybody regionally has a home, or if they're an independent, they don't really add much value to you.
0: Tom will tell, and uh, you'll be the man to cover it, covering the GSC for D two Football dot com. Where do you point people to if they want to keep up with all the moving and shaking, of course, game-by-game game recaps as well? Where do you point people to?
2: Yeah, yeah, d2football.com is, is the best source for it. Um, we, we, we try to update the column um, weekly. We do our weekly previews. Um, inside that preview is going to be your, all the links for video, live stats, audio, depending on the game you want. But then, you know, we get into the postseason. We're doing postseason previews, postseason reviews, um, even in the offseason with um, – the major award winners, the, the the changes within conference realignment, the, the schedule updates, d2football.com is going to be um, really your hub for everything, Gulf South and everything uh, d2football.com, if you're interested in anything outside of the Gulf South, which now that we're coming up on the postseason, you want to start taking a look into those uh those potential second, and third round matchups for for, for delta state and the, and the, the Statesman.
0: He's got it right. Super insightful stuff, Corey. We look forward to continuing the conversation. Hopefully not many technical difficulties next time, but great stuff, man. Thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me, man.
0: I appreciate you. (laughs) Absolutely, and before we close out another episode of From D2 to D3, I want to give you a quick update on the Mississippi College men's soccer team. We caught up with head coach Kevin Johns a couple of weeks ago, and good news, they're still going strong, 11-1 and in two on the year, with just two games left to play. They're now ranked number 13 in the latest coaches' poll and are sitting all by their lonesome at the top of the GSC. We also have basketball season coming up. So make sure to tune in on Spotify, Apple podcast, supertalk.fm, or wherever else you listen, as we'll be having some preview episodes with hopefully the coaches, head coaches, both men's and women's teams at Millsaps, Bellhaven, the W, Mississippi College, and Delta State in the coming weeks. Until next time, I'm JT Mitchell, and this has been From D2 to D3.